Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is Off the Turnbuckle. Ladies and gentlemen, what a special night. I got a limited amount of hours. So if I got to dedicate my hours on the first night and you mess up, but you ain't getting my time on that second night. Alright, dudes. Y'all ever heard Indian rock music? The closest I got to it is Jinder Mahal. I try to bring out, like, that exists? That's a thing? Okay, uh, so... so y- closest. So y'all know I, I have Indian neighbors, right? Like, surrounding me because essentially yeah y'all know where i live anyway i i, I yeah. say no more nonetheless so in in trying to get set you know get my house settled and ready for the podcast i gotta go throw out the trash so i walk out and i'm like these dudes out here listening to indian rock music i like i don't even think i've ever heard this before and it's like legitimately so think remember the song jay had um uh what was the name of the song Anyway, it was it was the Indian crossover song he did. So it basically sounded like that, but like with with rock guitars in the background. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll just tell y'all that we we started there because to start with anything else, this is just right now with WWE is just trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's powerful, but it's true. It's powerful, but it's true. It's Who are y'all, Vince. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Jim oh, McMahon. Over. Stephanie McMahon. In that order. In that order. What's she in? I, I can just tell y'all. Just exists and not stop this foolishness. Oh, damn. And I feel like every time we do this, it always starts and ends with Vince. Like, literally. Yeah, everything yeah. everything we can talk about basically starts and ends with Vince. That That's the problem. Anyway, so... We are recording this um, two nights removed from the return of Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, to AEW. Of course. Um, (laughs) One night removed from SummerSlam, which happened on a Saturday night in Vegas, partially because it was in Vegas, um, which I think also explains one of the big returns from last night um, and probably also why that return got a big pop. Um, But... Y'all want to start with Punk or y'all want to end with Punk? 
Well, I mean, that's the highlight of the show. So either way, I think we yeah. if we start with Punk, we could hit the ground running, and yeah. and that literally is the biggest thing. Yeah. Punk is the guy listening to all of this right now. And yeah. that's true. I mean, I mean based on the conversation we had in the wrestling chat last night, and I think a little bit today, I think we're all in agreement that Punk was the the um the first domino to fall, and then everything we saw in SummerSlam last night was basically because of that. Like I think yeah. that's spot yeah. on. So. <clears throat> Essentially, I think from probably about three, maybe four weeks ago, it kind of became clear because all the dirt sheets had it, all of the the, the um, IWC websites had that CM Punk had signed with AEW and it was just kind of initially it was figuring out when the debut would happen. And then they announced the the um, the show for the 20th of August in um, in the all is the Allstate Arena, right? Um, Whatever the bigger in, in Chicago? Yeah, United Center. Yeah, sorry. United Center. So I just had a Hulk Hogan moment. Great. Shows my age. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so they, they announced that Rampage, which I think was the second show of Rampage, was going to be in Chicago in the United Center, um, home of Chicago Bulls, uh, for, for that 20th of August. And that became the point at which everybody was like, all right, cool. So that's obviously when CM Punk is returning. Now, granted, there's a lot of shows that they're doing in Chicago, but that one was in the biggest um, arena. So Rampage opens. Everybody's talking about this. This is a historic night. First dance, the whole nine. I mean, we had seen Punk, I think, when the rumors first started to get rolling, he had put on his um, IG stories the the um, Chicago Bulls entrance music. And then there was the announcement that Rampage, the second episode was going to be called the first dance. And everybody started to put two and two together and make it clear that, you know, Punk is returning and this is the night that he's coming back. Darby right. Allen did the whole, um, you know, if you think you're best in the world, the only way you could prove it is in AEW. And so yeah. obviously yeah, we've yeah, seen yeah. all of it. And then there was an episode of, um, of dynamite where there was like three or four references of which that was one. Um, and it became, like I said, it became pretty clear that either this was going to be the biggest troll job in the history of wrestling or CM Punk was <laughs> returning. And I think thankfully for um, the folks in Chicago, thankfully for AEW, it wasn't the biggest troll job in wrestling history. And Punk actually returned on Friday night. And I'm just going to say I think they played everything about that entire thing perfectly. Um, I think so much of what happened in the buildup and then in his actual re return on Friday was like, so the antithesis of what his WWE run was, especially at the end, it, it was catering completely and totally and fully to CM Punk, um, to his, his view on things, his approach to things. It was just like it encapsulated everything that Phil Brooks thinks that wrestling is and how he wants to, to, to be in wrestling. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there for now, and I'll just invite commentary on what y'all thought of his return. Because, I mean, obviously that pop was lit. Well, I mean, first off, Chicago loved themselves from CM Punk. <laughs> that 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 goes what I was saying at this point. No one, like I think you you mentioned it in the group. No one gets a reaction like he does when it comes to to being um in your hometown city yeah. <laughs> at all. But um, I think it's a it's a return that's long overdue and long anticipated. Mm -hmm. uh, for my people. To be honest, I actually thought the Diane Bryan debut would come before Punk. Uh, so the, 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 
so I think the reason, I think it probably originally was supposed to be Daniel Bryan first, but I think that yeah. was probably before that they, they locked in CM Punk. So I think All Out mm-hmm. is taking place in Chicago. Like I said, they AEW had a number of shows in, in the next couple of weeks in and around the Chicago area. So it was kind of like, you know, he's a hometown Chicago kid. This is like kind of the only way you can play it. So it, it kind of made sense that, you know, you would run him first. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what's I mean, I think I saw some rumors about the dates when they expect um when they expect Brian to, to debut, but this is kind of you know, this this was Punk's moment. Like you you don't go and get the United Center for anything other than CM Punk. Um, Ricardo, you wanna jump in? Yeah, I was just about to say I never expected uh Daniel Bryan to debut before CM Punk. Because you if it's one thing to read the wrestling dirt sheets, and it's another thing to follow the wrestling grapevines. And if you follow the grapevines, there's been rumors about this for more than a year. Punk? Like, we, we, we uh, punk to AEW. Oh, yeah, Why yeah, say yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. We, we, we've seen the narrative of him never going back to WWE. When he did the <laughs> punk deal, we yeah. all were shocked. And he indicated in that moment that it was far-fetched to think he would ever make his return in the ring for WWE. So the only viable option was AEW and when that first got off the ground Tony Khan said it from jump like one of the persons he wanted to start this with beyond Cody the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega was CM Punk so now we get to the last 18 months we've seen the conversations happen like and this is why I always tell people like they used it in the in the media call after Friday night this was the worst kept secret in mm-hmm. wrestling, mm-hmm. and they wanted it that of way. Of course. So for fans like oh, us, yeah. we watched yeah. it all in Ravel. We watched the Chicago thing, and you you mentioned earlier when they called the second show a rampage, uh, the first dance. Of course, Chicago, CM Punk, he's the Michael Jordan of wrestling. Like all of these things come to mind. So you Whoa. say to yourself, like, bro, Whoa. when I say that, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, in the sense of Chicago. I mean, in the sense of Chicago. Let's yeah. settle it down, guys. I'm like, I know you were staying fine. You would take a fine. I'm just saying, hey, like, hey, you know, I ain't gonna go like, there with him. I don't just back in this one legend. So like, you, know, you know, you know, it's never gonna happen. I can't do that like that. You know, it's never gonna happen. But for those at home, that is Sting, just making that clear. Listen, it is this. But you know, you know, all of this was being set up for quite some time, mm-hmm. and they did a masterclass job of bringing us all together. And for somebody who watched it in person, for, well, not in person, live on Friday night, it was perfect. It was like just from the way he entered the building, it was pitch perfect. The moment they gave him to mm-hmm. actually just breathe in the moment, like there's a clear separation in my mind watching WWE and AEW the last few weeks. And it's quite clear that AEW understands what the fans want. Yeah. Because to give CM Punk that moment, even when John Cena came back, he had a pop, but he didn't give that moment. Like, when John Cena mm-hmm. left, it was in the Bray Wyatt uh, mm-hmm. weird cinematography match, and we thought Cena was going to be gone a long time. So to see him come back and get that pop, you almost want to be like, wow, I'm seeing John Cena again. They didn't give him that. But to see CM Punk come back for AEW and to see him get that moment to breathe, Mm-hmm. As a wrestling fan, you have to say, wow, this company gets it, and they know how to do it right. <sighs> I mean, it, it, the, the, the point-counterpoint of Friday and Saturday is just so amazing because you're exactly right. I think, like I said, everything about the way they played the punk return was just, it was pitch perfect. They, 
they allowed him to have that moment to let the moment breathe. And I'm, I'm happy you brought up the Cena thing because, I mean, I remember when Cena showed up um, at the end of Money in the Bank and it was like we kind of knew that the, the Cena-Roman thing was going to happen at SummerSlam. And I guess once you get, you know, a month out, you kind of know that anything is possible in terms of when he's going to pop up to really start the, the, the ball rolling on that feud. So to have Cena show up at the end of Money in the Bank, and that was a big pop. And then the next night on Raw, when he literally had the crowd in the palm of his hand, but it still didn't necessarily feel like... Because I guess the thing at the end of the day with WWE is it is the machine, right? And it's again, it's it's funny that Cena is Pop. now the counterpoint to, to Punk. To the machine. Because... It, it's. It's crazy to think about that, and I want us to really slow down on that point. Because <laughs> they juxtaposed so well, like back yeah, in the day when, when Cena yeah. and Punk came up. To see, it's almost like the roles has flipped now where the machinery, I mean, I know we refer to WWE as the machinery, mm -hmm. but I refer to the wrestling universe as the machinery. Mm -hmm. To see the machinery act the way they do the Punk now, as if... He is the, the 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 person that we want to put up on the pedestal, and to see John Cena be the complete opposite of that, it's just it's just crazy, bro. And that's why I have to keep mentioning it. Like but I have they, to give more power and respect to AEW because they understood that. It's like over the last few years, it's like WWE has lost that voice in the room mm -hmm. that say, "Hey, mm -hmm. Undertaker has a streak. Let's honor that." To say this happened, <laughs> let's take a moment for that. It's like that voice doesn't exist in WWE no more. So you have moments like, and I hate to bring it up a bit earlier, the Becky Lynn situation mm -hmm. last night. She came back the way she came back. But yeah. if you had the voice in the room to say, hey, this is a big moment. Let's set this up right. We wouldn't have got what we got last night. Yeah. You see where I'm coming from? And I think and I think that's what, 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 what has put AEW over WWE. And I hate the fact that we always have to compare two companies mm -hmm. that's in the wrestling space. But I feel like now more than ever, like even when WCW was relevant, there was no, there was never constant need to compare the two. No the companies wanted to do it, but to the fans, it wasn't. Because he was a WCW guy, he was a WCW guy. Right. He was a WWE guy. That's what yeah, you were. There, there was no, there was no comparing the two, comparing the two brands. Like you watch what you watch. Right. But now it's like, bro. It's, if it's, you want sensible wrestling it's stories, point, counterpoint. It's 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 one company has literally, and I mean it's it's what AEW wanted to be, right? They said they wanted to be an oh, no, alternative no. Yeah. to WWE. That is what they said. They never they when they started, they didn't say they wanted to be competition or they saw themselves in competition. They saw themselves as an alternative. They saw themselves as. Um, you know, the cure for the common wrestling program, essentially. Um, and so yeah. when you, when you, when you look at it, um, that is what they continue to be. And as I say, it's so interesting to look at, 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 at Cena's return and even Cena being everything that he is being, you know, Michael Cole refers to him as the greatest of all time whenever he's around nowadays. Um, and they still don't give him the breathing room that they gave CM Punk in AEW on Friday night. Like, imagine if, yep. imagine yep. if, if, if Cena rolls up in AEW. Imagine the moment they would give him because a that's a big friggin' deal, and then b bro. because you have to let a moment know, like that breathe bro, and run. So let, oh. Bro, let me let me just explain you how big of a deal what you just said is. You know how I feel about Sting. Mm -hmm. That that was the night I fell in love with AEW. That mm -hmm. was the night it really clicked to me, because you 
Tony Khan said at the beginning, we don't want to be, you know, in competition with WWE. We want to be the counterpoint to them. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it until the night's thing debut. Because what they became, they saw the machinery that the WWE presented, and they say, no, nah, we don't want to be that. We're not, we're not for the social, we're not for the pop culture, we're not for just the one pop, the one moment. We for the guys, as Javon said earlier, the smart fans. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to understand the space that they wanted to play in. But that night that Sting debuted, and I'll never forget, they did the whole winter is coming thing for a mm -hmm. bit, and then he showed up. And it was like, dude didn't have to say nothing, dude didn't have to do nothing. Everybody understood mm -hmm. in, the, in the room what that was about. But and that... I said to myself, like, damn, they get it. But even Undertaker that... been killing himself for WWE for years. Mm -hmm. They ain't never give him that moment. Mm -hmm. John think... Cena killing himself for years. They ain't never give him that moment. But think I can go it. down the list. Rick Flair, Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. They never got that moment. But I mean... in AEW, bro, all you have to do is show up. Christian got that moment. Uh huh. But think about it. I think that's the most telling right now. Yeah, but Christian, the th yeah. Christian I guess got moment. you know you and they they understand who each wrestler is and what makes them unique, right? So for the Sting debut, it was like Sting isn't necessarily your promo guy, right? He is he is um an experience, right? So just mm -hmm. the the entrance that he doesn't have to say anything. So you let that moment breathe where he just shows up, right? You you do the 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 in the rafters thing or whatever, like, like that's just the 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 he is the icon. And just the present. It's just it's just the presence. So you allow him to breathe in his moment in the way that he would. And then you look at Punk and Punk is obviously a promo guy. And so you allow him to have his moment and breathe and 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 basically play his wrestling, ply his wrestling craft the way he knows how. And that's the Correct. beautiful thing about AEW is that they understand who their wrestlers are, what their strengths are. They understand they understand the intricacies. Yes. And I think that's a big deal we often overlook. Well, it's a thing that's and missing in WWE, and it has been probably from the days, and I hate to do this, but like probably from the days of the Attitude Era, because everything is so yeah. overscripted. Everything is so yeah. sanitized. That's everything right. is so... Right. You just you don't give anybody any room to breathe at all. Even the guys who are at the top of the card yeah. now, who you feel like may have a little bit more flexibility in their promo game yeah. and stuff like that, it still doesn't feel as authentic. Because when you think about it, they even they have the fight for it. Because you know, look at look at a Roman. Like for as over as he is right now, and how well the cheap um, gimmick is working, mm -hmm. you would never get that. He had to fight to be that. Right. You know, you would you would think a Roman would have the have the 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 flexibility to say, okay, well, Vince, this works. I feel like this is work. But you know what's so you know what's so funny. The grass, not the grass, right? <laughs> right. What's so funny about about Roman in this moment is if you go back and you look at his FCW days when he was leaky, there's a lot of things in his presentation now in terms of how his mannerisms, his 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 look, his vibe is actually very similar to his days in FCW as Leaky, which is interesting because that was kind of his first cutting his teeth in wrestling like that. Like obviously for those of you who don't remember or don't know, FCW was the precursor to NXT. So if you go back and you look at that, a lot of that, the swagger that he has now since he came back and he's been operating as the tribal chief is very reminiscent of that run. And so it's interesting to kind of see that. But like you said, even... Even looking at Roman, it's like, yeah, he had to fight to get to, to, to this. And this character and what he's been for the last year has been, again, 
pitch perfect, but you know, it's it's you could you could always tell the difference, man. Like you, Ricardo's right. You look at Sting's debut, you look at Christian's debut, you look at Punk's debut, and AEW just knows the right notes to hit when they have something like this in their hand. So it just it makes me excited to see what they do with Daniel Bryan. It makes me excited to see what this run for CM Punk is going to be like. And I think the beautiful thing is. That dude literally got, I think Ricardo mentioned it on Friday, he got 40% of the show. Like, they literally, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's what it means to let a guy breathe. He got 40% of an hour show on Friday night because he's CM friggin' Punk. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's just more ironic, too, when you feel like it comes off the heels of uh, Roman's recent comments in his interview mm. when he said <laughs> CM Punk really didn't have it like The Rock and Cena, and it, it actually after Punk's debut, it, it got me thinking, and, and then because I I had it a, a, a thought about it before before it happened, but at the time when Roman is referencing referencing, uh, yeah, he's right. He did not have, but I disagree. But wait, but what, I wait, disagree. Wait, but what you have to realize is after building what building his legacy, building CM Punk. And then going away, the air is different. The no. vibe, I think the, oh, the vibe in itself is different. And then, like you said, our him first argument the of the pod. Yeah, yeah, it's not an argument. No, it's not an argument. No, it's not. I'm just saying. I say that to say this. I say that to say this. CM Punk, in fact, became that. He became that draw. He did become a Cena and the Rock. Because even if he didn't go to AW, let's say, let's say hypothetically, he did come to WWE. He would have gotten that. He he be he would be he that. Would've, he would have he would have been that. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I really want to say. He did become that. Romans Romans thought process is is coming from a past CM Punk. He's not he's not considering the full scale of who CM. But, Punk but Javon is. Javon, if you want to be if you want to be hmm. fair to the discussion, uh-huh. you'd have to look at what CM Punk was at that time. The only thing, and I I we we had this conversation Friday. The only thing that held CM Punk back. Was the machine? Was WWE? Was the machine? We can't escape that. The only thing that held Roman back, like like Alexis just touched on, is FCW days. The same elements we're seeing in Roman now, those same intricacies, those existed long before he got called up to the main roster. It's just that Vince, and when I and I mean that literal, Vince McMahon to a man, he doesn't allow wrestlers the freedom to be themselves to create. You hire a guy on the strength of the character that they could develop. Mm-hmm. We see Brave Wyatt as a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. If you give them the space to be that character, yeah. Yeah. the fans would go get behind them. Yeah. When CM Punk was in WWE, the second he broke the mold and walked away from this whole narrative of what a WWE superstar should be, that's when we, the fans, fell in love with him because it gave us that dose of reality that we didn't see since the Attitude Era. Right. When we had Stone Cold being the rattlesnake. The tough SOB that would literally stun Vince McMahon and go on with his night. When we had The Rock, when we had Taker, when we had Mankind, mm-hmm. these guys that were individual characters that couldn't be found or match in any other way. Right. So CM Punk was yeah. that, but the company never allowed him the space to be that. The company literally looked at him and said, hey, we already have our stars. It's The Rock and it's John Cena. Those guys could take 10 months off, but when they come back, those are going to be our stars. Right. So no star could have come up in that. You so, of I course, Roman, looking at that same narrative, he was raised into that belief. So now he believes the same thing. Well, and the thing, I too, think... we have to remember with Roman is, is like, 
Roman is that that's the family business, right? His his um so much of his family, you know, the Usos are his cousins, the Rock is his cousins, he has um I think Rikishi is his uncle, like this. So that 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 Anoa'i family has such a rich history in WWE and in wrestling in general that it's almost impossible for him to be the company man when he when he gets into a conversation like that because it's it's literally WWE in particular is in his blood. Um in a way that even when you look at a John Cena and, and other people like that, you know, who, you know, yeah, they have been in the WWE their whole life, but he's been in the WWE dating back to, you know, parents, grandparents and, and everybody in between. And so he's always going to toe that line. I, I don't think you, you you wouldn't expect him to say anything different because it's almost like he, he brainwashed into that. Not to say, you know, that That's it's not. Saying. Big point. Well, yeah. big point. Fair, I, think, I think a lot of it too was out of, um, out of spite and shit because of, well, because no, all the hype think, around I don't think it was out of no, but, they, they, but I, mean, I, I, know. I think it was out of a lack of understanding. And I, I realized like a lot of, Alexis just touched on the point, mm-hmm. a lot of family WWE superstars, and when I say family, I mean guys that were brought up into the business, mm-hmm. that this is the only form of wrestling they know. Like Charlotte. They look at WWE, exactly, true, true, like the true, do yeah. or end all. Mm-hmm. But then you have these guys, and I'll never forget, it was a promo, Chris Jericho cut, I think it... I think it was with CM Punk. He he had a few lines in there where he basically said, I am like one of, of, of a dying breed of guys who have gone out around the world and cut their teeth to make this industry possible. Mm-hmm. And it's ironic that he said it to CM mm-hmm. Punk who, sim- who did the same thing, but in the WWE narrative, because they didn't recognize CM Punk's whole past before WWE, they made it seem like only Chris Jericho did that, but CM Punk did the same thing. He did it for ECW mm-hmm. when it was just a Paul Heyman company. Mm-hmm. And you have those guys who go there and do that. They don't get the same respect from WWE family guys who have been there all of their lives. Well, Roman, you see, have I... persons like even like Dean Ambrose and, and, and Seth Rollins. We could see the different paths there mm-hmm. because one came up in FCW, NXT, and then WWE, and one has gone someplace else to create their own narrative. Himself. Well, here's the interesting thing, right? Because I think we we also miss the fact that CM Punk was one of the first indie guys who really hit in WWE. And so in much the same way that a smaller guy like Chris Jericho had proven his worth in WCW, had done New Japan, had done, I think, a little bit of ECW before, you know, all of this and, and ended up in, in WWE, um, he cut a path that other wrestlers of his size and stature could follow through. And then you look at CM Punk, who came in through the indies, um, who made himself a star in WWE almost in spite of or despite what was going on around him. And guys like him and Brian kind of, you know, cracked the door open further for guys like Ambrose, for guys like Rollins, who would also come through the indie scene. And then, you know, they the, the difference with them was they went through the NXT phase first. But a lot of those guys were in independence prior to that. But a guy like Roman is literally homegrown talent. That's like, you know, that's like you you literally playing for the home team. Like you grew up in Chicago and now you're playing for the Bulls or you're playing for the White Sox or, you know, whatever it is. Like that's just, there's there's no way ar- around that. So it is a very different experience. And I think, you know, we look at guys like Adam Cole, Finn Balor, all of those guys have been a presence in WWE tracing back to, two people 
I would say as kind of two or three people as your starting point. In terms of small stature guys, guys like Jericho and Rey Mysterio, and in terms of that indie path, guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Everybody who's come through from those scenes, your Ring of Honor, your, your New Japan, all of those things, your TNA even, who are smaller guys, they owe that to guys like Jericho, guys like Punk. Alexis, and, and I, I, I'm glad you met, and I hate to cut, cut you off like no, that, but it just, a big point just dawned on me. Guys like that that are cut from that Daniel Bryan CM Punk mode, or mole, I should say, they have never had the space in this company since CM Punk. No. They've only gone at that space in NXT. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I don't know if it, look it, at it goes all back to Vince no, but look having at his issue with CM Punk the way no, he did. But Finn Balor is one, one specific yeah. instance of that, and Adam Cole is the other. So Finn Balor was came up to the main roster, won the Universal title, I think, in his debut pay-per-view match. Um, screwed up his shoulder or whatever it was, um, and kind of ended up floating in and around the main roster for a while. Went back to NXT and was like a revelation, where he had been a revelation when he first came in. They brought him back to the main roster. You know, I don't know why they wasted our time making us feel as though he was going to get the Roman match at SummerSlam. We knew that wasn't happening. Cena was all over the dirt sheets for forever. I don't know why they tried to pump fake us with that. And then he didn't even have a match last night. He literally didn't end up in the title match because the night he was supposed to sign the contract, Baron Corbin, of all people, clocked him, tried to sign the contract, and then Tina came out, clocked Corbin, and then signed the contract, which is just like the stupidest thing that I've ever seen in wrestling. And contract signings in wrestling can be fairly stupid. So you look at a guy like Balor, and now it's like you brought him back up to the main roster, and you're treating him just like the way you were treating him before you sent him Back to NXT, like, at that point, if I'm, and we've had this conversation, if I'm an NXT guy, I want to stay in NXT. What the hell are you bring me up to the roster for? Why do I want to be on Raw SmackDown? Why would I, especially if I'm an, an old indie guy, right? As in, I've come through that indie process. Why would I want to be on Raw SmackDown? Why? You treat us like trash. And so now all of the talk about Adam Cole, which is funny because I'm pretty sure if, if TakeOver isn't over yet, then that match may be happening now or happening soon. Um, you know, there's been the talk that Adam Cole's contract had expired from the last TakeOver event, and he agreed to sign on for a few more dates just to kind of get to and through SummerSlam, and we don't know what his contract status is. So it's quite likely, especially because he's an NXT guy, and it's that 30-day thing, that in 30 days, we could see him pop up in AEW or back in New Japan or wherever else, and it's like, because if I'm Adam Cole, I don't want to go up to the main roster either. I've seen how you treated guys who look like, wrestle like, and, and are reflective of people like me. I've seen what you've done to Finn Balor. It's like Seth Rollins stands as kind of this this counterpoint, but it's because Seth has become a WWE guy. He's no longer seen in that indie realm because he's been through but the also, system. But also, you have to understand, so he came up at a time when Triple H literally had the reins. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's how Seth Rollins cut his teeth in WWE. Mm-hmm. He was nurtured under Triple several H. stories with Triple H. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. More so than Dean Ambrose, more mm-hmm. so than Roman Reigns. Yeah. So that's why he had the push he had. Yeah. That's true. <sighs> so, I mean, I'm excited because, A, you know, both Punk and Tony Khan have said that... Um, 
he's not here on a part-time basis and he's not here for a short-term run. He's here for full-time and for a, I guess, a significant length of time of contract. I don't know if that means two years, three years, whatever, but we know that Punk is going to be around for a while. Um, and that's good because I think there's a lot of potential in there. I mean, just the fact that he's paired up with Darby Allen, which means that we potentially have Punk versus Sting sitting in the chamber as a potential matchup. Just, I mean... <sighs> there's just so many fun matchups that can happen in AEW with CM Punk. Like, you go up and down the roster. You have Moxley, obviously, going back to, you know, the Shield days back in um in, in WWE. You have Jericho, if he's still around, even though it seems like they're running a retirement angle for, Jer for Jericho. But, like, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot that can be done there. And so I think it's exciting. And, and I think it's interesting, too, because punk also stands as a counterpoint to a lot of what we saw on SummerSlam from the standpoint that he said he's he's come there to help make guys better um and to help you know cement new stars and i think that's a very you know important point that we can segue into looking at SummerSlam because we saw a lot of the opposite in SummerSlam on saturday night um and i think the first thing we can point straight to unless anybody wants to jump in with another point but uh, the first thing we can jump right into is becky and bianca um so it seems like and i realized this going back looking through um twitter last night as all of this was happening and it seems like there was rumors from earlier in the week that sasha was injured that i know i missed i don't know if anybody else saw and then from no i saw some rumblings but i i, I thought it was a bit of a a work to get us to to, to triple threat. Right. I didn't expect uh, Be uh, Becky Lynch. I did not expect that. Right. I expected some sort of triple threat form out of Selena or Carmella. Uh, Carmella. That's what I expected. Right. To carry some of the workload for, for, for Sasha. Sasha. So I hadn't seen the rumor, so I wasn't aware of that. Um. So then it seemed like an hour prior to their scheduled match, it was confirmed that Sasha was out. So... A couple of things. One, why run the whole promo package for Bianca and Sasha if you already knew at that point that Sasha wasn't wrestling? Oh my god, this is what Let me finish. So, why run the promo package? Number one. Number two, why bring out Carmella for the swerve? Because you make Carmella look like trash because she literally got a one two punch from Becky and got sent packing. So, she's obviously not considered main event potential in a women's scene. So, okay, she's done. And then you have Becky, you know, big pop. You give, you know, Bianca's giving her all the, all of the props or whatever, you know, fangirling and whatnot. Um, they do the whole thing where it's like, you know, me and you right now for the title. Bianca says yes. And then there's one move. This is such good shit. And literally all of the goodwill, all of everything that they've poured into Bianca and, and built up in Bianca, literally to me as a fan was lost in three seconds. Because you had the big, you know, I think it was the 24-7 that they did that they launched with Bianca right before Mania. She beat Sasha at Mania for the title. Um, there was all of these things that, that happened. Um, and I feel like all of that was just thrown down the toilet. Now, I understand that Becky is, you know, a top-tier talent. But you guys were presenting Bianca as though she was on that level. She beat Sasha. She beat Bailey. Um, she had already taken down half of the four horsewomen. So, obviously, now... You know, you, you, you bring Becky into the mix. My thing is, there were so many different ways they could have played that that would have preserved Bianca's push. They could have done a tag team match where Becky and Bianca paired up to go against Zelina and Carmelo. They could have done a triple threat where they had Carmelo in the mix so that, you know, Bianca could retain, but 
Becky didn't have to take the pin, and it could also save Becky from having to do too much in the match, much to the same way Ricardo, you said they could have done with Sasha. But they literally buried, and I, I, I hate to use that word because I know people is the like, oh, y'all always say that they burying people, but it's like, I don't know how else you expect me to feel about somebody who you was presenting as this, you know, all type shovels, all you know, type. as this, this, this newcomer into this women's title scene space, you know, who could make some noise and, and can do some things and who I think is very, um, a, a very good person from every standpoint that you would want a champion to be in terms of both in the ring um and and out of the ring and you literally just buried her like i don't care if it's becky or charlotte or sasha or bailey you did a complete disservice to bianca Belair last night and it's hard not to look back at at the kofi brock thing and i i still feel as though that was more believable because brock is like literally three times the size as kofi um and you know that 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 you present brock in that way all the time as much as Becky was dubbed the man, she was never presented as that. She was never presented as this unbeatable force that nobody could touch. Like, she was beatable. She, you know, and and even still, if you look prior to her run as the man, they treated her up and down as well. So to act as though she can come in and hit Bianca with one move and just, like, take the title, like it was just... It was the worst possible thing you could have done, and you soured the big return because even as we were watching it, we were in WhatsApp, and all us was like, "Well, mother sick." Like we were excited, and now we're like, "This is this is just dumb." All of it is just dumb. You want to grab this, Javon? Because I have a lot to say, and it could take some time. I okay. Like like I like I said it with you guys um, in the chat. I, the, I agree with Alexis. The way it was presented, it was a million, million, a million ways you could have done this to where it wasn't presented like that. Even if you had just bit the bullet and had... And just let the record up, reflect uh, for those listening, that uh, when we watched the pay-per-view last night, there was nobody I know that was more hyped to see Becky Lynch than Javon. Yep. So let the record just reflect that box. Box. <laughs> I, 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 I love Becky too, because I'm not to tell you. But it's... I, I would have rather you just spit the bullet, had Bianca squash Carmella, and then you have Becky come out on Friday. Like, first, like, no, I personally... Javon, she, she could have... No, but but Bianca could have squashed Carmella, and you could have had Becky come out and do all of that and be like, I'm next in line. No, but my thing is, you... you, No, I I get it. You want to have the big return at SummerSlam, right? You want to have this counterpoint to CM Punk showing up in AEW. So you were holding Becky in the chamber, probably just for a moment like this, because once you heard and you knew that 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 Punk to AEW thing was happening, and I'm sure they knew. So you, they held off on on the the Becky return for a moment like this. My thing is, you could have come out, do the whole big shenanigans after Bianca had squashed Carmella, and then you could have just had a point to the belt and be like, "I'm next," and that's that. Like, let her do the Goldberg thing. You know what I mean? Like, no, who's next? Right. I'm next, and that could have yeah, been it. Yeah, and that right. would have gotten you the moment, and it wouldn't have been sour. But, it's soured for but, most hmm. everyone now. My see, my biggest my biggest issue is this. We knew when Becky came back, she was going to be for the belt. And you weren't going to have Becky Lewis out the gate on a big return. Fine. BS. BS. I wanted to give you the time. Hold on. I wanted to give you the time to finish up. So let me me drop one more point before you jump in. And I will say this. When 
Becky stood in the ring toe-to-toe with Bianco because Paige was watching it with me. Paige is my wife. So Paige looks up and she's like, but this gal don't even look like a wrestler. Like, she used to look like a wrestler. Like, she don't even look like she belong in the ring with Bianca right now. And that's this, why this it, was her. Anyway. This was her, 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 um, her review of looking at Becky. And I'm like, so you had the girl, and, and I, this is not, I'm, I'm, I'm framing this because this is my wife's commentary. So please don't come for me. This is what my wife said. Um, but basically, it's like, it's not believable that this girl who is clearly not fully in shape yet returning from, you know, having a baby and all of that. She's obviously not in wrestling shape. It's completely unbelievable just from a visible standpoint that, that this would be even remotely possible, especially in one move, especially when Bianca is taller than her, more athletic than her, like built better than her. Like this makes no sense. So understand from somebody who does not watch wrestling and is looking at this from a purely what you see is what you get perspective. That is a completely unbelievable moment. Regard, and she, my wife is aware of Becky and all of that. We, you know, she she chimes in every now and then. She watches every now and then, so she's fairly aware of the bigger names. So even from that standpoint, she's like, as much as I understand who Becky is, this doesn't make sense. Regardo, bro, all I say is I hope this podcast at some point gets sponsored by either Starbucks or Dunkin' because y'all gonna need some caffeine for this. This is why I'm so upset with this moment. We heard the narrative, well, some of us heard the narrative from early in the week that Sasha could be injured. It is my theory and my theory alone that Sasha wanted nothing to do with this match the second she found out. Don't forget, follow the, the again, you could follow the dirt sheets or you could follow the grapevines. Sasha wanted nothing to do with this the second she knew that Becky was going to be involved. Why I say that? Sasha was fine, never mentioned anything on social media. The only thing we saw from Sasha this week, celebrating the return of CM Punk. Then all of a sudden, Friday night, they were supposed to have some sort of pre-match thing in the ring on SmackDown. Didn't happen. We moved into Saturday. We heard the rumblings all day, got into SummerSlam. Then we heard the news. And this is why I think it's the stupidest thing ever. WWE called the fly. We're going to at some point see some behind-the-scenes report on this. Or we're going to see a whole documentary on what happened at SummerSlam. WWE called the fly. We just breezing over the fact that Shinsuke walked to death for nothing. Mm-hmm. That that was it's the first time. thing that made me realize it really something was. serious was going on. Shinsuke Kimo did, did a whole musical interlude, him and Boogs, and then they went back to the bar. No Hold, on. Hold on. It, no kind of indication what was happening. Just, then let's... we went back to a commercial break. They showed the video package again for the uh-huh. second time. Mm-hmm. And then they brought us back to the match. Everybody came out. Well, not everybody. Bianca came out. She did a whole around the ring thing. Then we heard the announcement. In that moment right there, if the plan was Becky Lynch to put the belt on, Bianca would have been aware of that and would have showed on her face. She was shocked. If you go back and watch SummerSlam right now, in the moment she found out that Sasha wasn't competing, her whole expression changed because she mm-hmm. had no idea that was going to be the call. Mm-hmm. The Camilla announcement was made. Somebody say, whispered to her, and you could go and watch the replay of the show. The ref or the ring announcer came to Bianca and said something to her. And then she realized she had to cut a promo when uh, Camilla came out. Camilla came out thinking that was going to be a match. Then all of a sudden, Becky Lynch music hit. Go back to the ring. Camilla shocked. Bianca shocked. The ref shocked. The only person who was in shock was Michael Cole. And whoever the next guy was on commentary at the time. Pat McAfee. And the ring announcer. Pat McAfee, yeah. 
We and at that point in time, I'm sitting there as a fan, like, bro, they didn't really know. This is completely on the fly. Oh, no, that was 100 Then Javon hits the group. That was 100% like, they broke the glass. They broke the glass. And I was like, shit, yeah, this is in case of emergency. Yep. This is an emergency. Mm-hmm. Something else is not clear. Then we get to the actual match. She throws Kamala out. She is dead completely now. She can never wrestle for a championship again <laughs> in her life. We moved to, oh, we moved to Becky and, 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 and Bianca. At that moment, I think Becky should have said to herself, this is not the way to come back. Because one, you doomed the division. What was the division during the whole entire lockdown? The rise of Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Everything was yeah. shifted in the women's division mm-hmm. to be all about black girl magic. Mm-hmm. We saw the whole ride to WrestleMania mm-hmm. straight up to now. Shit, mm-hmm. Cardi B had the theme song for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Black girl magic. Okay. Yeah, answer to that is... I'm going to take the belt off a of black girl magic to put it on a pregnant Irish chick that just came back. What narrative are you not sending to your fans? You did all of that for absolutely no reason because you hit an emergency glass and wanted to top what AEW did the night before. Now you killed two careers because Bianca ain't going to never be the same. And like Carmella I said, ain't going to never be the same. Carmella dead. She dead. Please stop I'm trying to make it seem like she's still a living person. She's completely <laughs> dead now. <laughs> but Bianca got so crushed that the whole wave we were on in terms of black wrestling fans, mm-hmm. that died last night. Yeah, it was. That that died last night. It was actually. Because now you're showing me yet again. The Kofi thing was one thing for us to get over. And like you said, Alexis, it was believable because mm-hmm. Brock is such a big dominating wrestler. Mm-hmm. But Bianca is 10 feet tall compared to mm-hmm. Becky Lynch. She squats 1,700 pounds. And yes, I'm exaggerating in all these categories. But if you see these two ladies stand next to each other, you will understand my point for exaggerating. It's what Paige said. It is, it is. You so you it. threw all of that away last mm-hmm. night for Threw what? it in the trash. A moment that won't make any sense come next Friday. No. Because Becky isn't in shape to go. Nope. So what are we going to have? Some long narrative where she isn't going to compete. Until the next pay-per-view. When you could have left the belt on Bianca, just had them two have a stare down, let yep. Bianca crush Camilla because it happened anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we go on to the rest of this. And the moment that SummerSlam could have been, Becky Lynch jumping her, knocking her behind the head after the match just to say, but hey, you get, But you can't, have, you can't have the gal coming off maternity leave be a heel. Bro, She's a heel now. She gotta do it. She's, she's, gotta she's a heel now. It's correct. But but they cheered her so last night. They it. they cheered her last night after she won. Nah, bro. Nah. <laughs> I mean nah. the the pop the pop was a the pop was a little less. The pop was a lot less. They might have had one or two chairs in the building, but if you if you followed social media after that, oh no 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 no. Everybody was in a frenzy. Twitter was hot. Now the only thing I got to say to that, you the only thing I got to say to that is this. Now you put yourself in a sport, despite the fact of Charlotte representing Raw and Becky Lynch representing <sighs> SmackDown, none of the divisions are attractive anymore. Not WWE just that. has gone in the last year from having the best women's division in wrestling to empower the EW. You could care less to see a women's match. Mm-hmm. And that is... Oh, oh, wait, well, don't do that to... Bro, I love Britt Baker just as much as you do. All right, I can't just say it. I just say it. That's not not letting me do it. Beyond Britt Baker, what else you waiting to see? (laughs) I just want to see a Britt Baker match or wish she doing a dentist office. That's it. And that's where we at right now with WWE in the women's division. Yeah. And you know what's sad? We have Becky again. 
we we could float that, that we could float that ahead. we could float that right into the Charlotte conversation because oh yeah, you, I want to say you, something. You, you we just burying that. everybody like they literally buried both women's divisions we last night at SummerSlam. Both. Like, so to me, what was the point of Nikki winning the briefcase, cashing in? And holding the belt for what three, maybe four weeks, right. just to lose back to to Charlotte, and obviously now what that means is neither of those chicks are losing those belts before SummerSlam. You know why? I mean, before Survivor Series, you know why? Because Survivor ah, Series, see, you go champion versus champion. So you literally exactly. set you set in motion that between now, which is the end of August, and November, which is August to September, October, months. three months, three and maybe a half months, right? that we know those belts aren't dropping because we know that they're going to want to get that moment of Charlotte versus Becky at Survivor Series. And my thing is, they have done shotgun title changes before to get the match they wanted at Survivor Series between two champions. They didn't have to do either of those last night. You could have kept Nikki with the title or you could have put the title back on Rhea if you wanted. My thing is, you know, Nikki has built a following. She's built, a, a, you know, a push kind of, almost again in like a lot of things in, in WWE in spite of what they were doing with her. And so you give her that moment of, you know, I think she beat you beat Charlotte for the title, if I'm remembering correctly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she cashed in on Charlotte and for nothing. I mean literally for nothing. She's gonna be a footnote at this point. And I, I keep telling you the yeah, way WWE is operating better. now. It's from the standpoint of what is going to pop right now. So Nikki won at Money in the Bike. They had no clear plan for her moving forward. Which is why they so had to cash in the very said, next night. That's what I'm saying. Somebody said in that moment, let her cash in now. It won't affect Charlotte. Charlotte will probably take a few days off. And, okay, yeah. And then you say to yourself as a fan, okay, I understand why you did that, but it doesn't make sense. Same thing with Bianca last night. Same thing with the Raw Women's Triple Threat last night. In the moment, you're making these decisions that has lasting impacts, but doesn't merit anyone. Because now everybody come out of it looking bad. Everyone, in including the champions. Kamala is dead, Bianca is finished, and Becky Lynch is now a heel, even though she just had a whole baby. So we finished with that whole division. At Raw, again, Charlotte is the machine. Ripley is just yeah. center back to NXT. No, and you know what they're going to do? to get the... You, you know, she about to get the. Go ahead. You know what they're gonna do? They go. They go kill time until Asuka is back on Raw, and they go. They go slot Asuka into the title picture against Charlotte, and they go wait till Bailey is back on SmackDown, and they go slot Bailey into the title picture on SmackDown because ultimately it always comes back to the four horsewomen plus one or two others, and and that's but just I the. Might way. Tell you all, boy. I, I should have given up on this company when they take Keatley off of TV. Oh I was supposed God. to be done. I was supposed so, to be done. Yeah, to okay, be, to so be fair, though, but the, the, Keith, the COVID thing. I mean, yeah, I don't know if y'all saw the story. Keith <laughs> Lee's fair, story is like insane. So yeah, yeah he had the hard the hard situation right. after having COVID. Right. right. So right. you know that that is its own thing. It wasn't so much him being taken off TV, but at the same time, when they brought him back and they had him jobbing out, like that's what I'm referring to when yeah, I yeah, that, that's the 
Oh my god! You bring I, them on, but no. we all we all saw the stuff behind I, the scenes. I even we forget. didn't know it was the hard situation right away. Right. But we saw his stuff behind the scenes, and we all wanted it back. Right. So to bring him back and to treat him like that, it was almost like nigga. I can't wait for Ke- I can't wait for I can't wait for Keith Lee to show up in AEW. Here we go, I honestly feel like at this point, Vince has a sick, sick, twisted um idea of just having wrestlers pull themselves in the most ridiculous way no i javon i honestly i'm in the frame of mind right now but i think vince just looks at the outlook of his company and say this is such good shit i've done everything i could do i just should have pissed people off now well at this point whether it's the fans whether it's the wrestlers whether it's triple h I just here to piss people off. To me, because half the things he doing don't make sense. Well, I will say this: I feel in my heart of hearts that they getting ready to sell because you look at the way they're shedding contracts, and that's the only way I could put it. Because the talent that they're losing, it, it has to be only because it you're trying to share the money, sense. right? So you you let Strowman go, you let Bray go, um, amongst the number of others, you let Alistair Black go. You know, there's there's been so many ta- so much talent that's Bryan been released. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan is no longer under contract, but I think that was more by Daniel Bryan's desires than than I'm WWE's. True. But nonetheless, when you look at it, there's, there's so much. Exactly. I mean, he won't go where the grass is green, and right now, for a dude like him, the grass is green hey, in AEW, God. and that, and I say that knowing full well that the WWE has actually treated Daniel Bryan pretty well in comparison to some of the other folks that have come through around the same time well, as him. Low ball when you comparing to who you comparing it to? Well, I mean, so th- this is this is the conversation we we I was trying to have the other the other night in the WhatsApp group, which is like when you look at brian in terms of cm punk as a as a a side-by-side comparison brian got the better run and they obviously was more interested and engaged in brian than they were in punk because when he came back they gave him a title run again um and they kept him around the title picture so even though he i think he lost to kofi at mania um and he still floated around the title picture for a while he went against let's keep it fair though i feel it's more so Ryan was probably a bit more willing to bend. I disagree. I disagree. I think it had think more so? to do. I think that's not Bella's connection. connection at the time. I think it's the Bella's connection. Exactly. John Laurinaitis slash Brie Bella. Mm-hmm. Like, it had more to do with that. Yeah, I mean, Johnny Ace is now back in charge of talent relations, as far as I know. So, I mean, when you look at it, of course. that And that's what makes it more damning that Brian still left because he probably had a lot of potential for backstage pull if he wanted to. Now, granted, he doesn't seem like that type of dude. Like, Brian seems very low-key. But at the same time, I think, you know, he he got a much better um, deal over the course of his WWE career than Punk did. And it's it's interesting because I know I, I made the argument the other night that he was more over than Punk was, but I think he was just literally had the machine more behind him than Punk did. And I he think did. that's that's I mean, the fair commentary when it comes to looking at the divergence in their two careers and how they were treated in WWE. And it's funny I mean, that I even... Yeah, and it's funny that even given <laughs> all of that, they both now most likely could be in AEW in, in a couple of weeks. Brian will probably be there as well. And so it doesn't matter. Even when you had the machine behind you, you were small in the guy. I mean, you look at all the rumors around NXT. You look at all of the releases in NXT and this idea that Vince wants to turn it back into kind of like what it was when it was FCW, which is, yeah. you know, and I guess OVW. You look at the guys who came through in that time, guys like, you know, Cena and Brock and Batista 
um, guys like Roman in the in the latter days of FCW, even guys like Randy Orton, you know, who um, I think Jr. referred to as like the prototype wrestler. Like they want to go back to that. These big young guys that they can kind of groom into being the next Cena or the next Roman or the next Brock or whatever. So to me, it's just it's just interesting because Vince is just clearly marking a line in the sand, and you could see it. And I this is. It's just funny because I, I think at the end of the day, when you look at everything that's happening, the changes that he's making, it seems like it's about, you know, I'm trying to maximize profits when I sell because you shed in money, you shed in contracts. You're just trying to get to a point where it's like, all right, so, you know, we making all this money because we have these big TV contracts and then we shed in all of this big money that we spend in the wrestlers that we don't really like to hassle with anyway. When you look at some of the stories surrounding like Bray Wyatt, for example, it's like they don't want to hassle with somebody who has the potential for sway because they have such a strong pull with the fans. But then you don't really want to give into that. So you just be like, I right, peace. Cut the cord. Um, but it's interesting in looking at all of that because you, you kind of come back to that conversation about the Becky, Bianca, and then looking at Charlotte and Rhea and, and Nikki and, all, and all, everything that happened last night between those two women's matches. And it's literally all in service of, oh, now we're going to get Becky versus Charlotte at Survivor Series. And which is still dumb because it's like, who could afford a loss? I mean, Charlotte probably can, but, you know. Bro, you're looking at it as who could afford a loss. I'm trying to figure out. Like, from WWE's perspective, do they really think the fans are into that right now? Like, that's that's the part I can't get, like, yes. around when it comes to, like, WWE I mean, stuff. That's, that's I'm best. not. It's like, you doing all of this to service who? Because the fans aren't interested. This is such good shit. Like, if you look at their TV ratings right now, it's literally shit. Mm-hmm. They had, they had yeah. SmackDown numbers up early in the year and over the last month and a half. It's consistently gone down. And I'm saying to myself, like, bro, you realize, like, if you lose your fan base, that's you losing money. Like, yeah, people can still check out a WWE uh, show because, you know, but you, it's history. But they, sitting, but they sitting pretty with that 10-year that deal with, um, with, with NBC and with Fox. I know. I know. See, Alexis, and that's where I beg to differ. Because if you, if you follow the reports, you realize that, bro... NBC even ain't happy with the way they treat NXT. When they brought NXT that. over, they thought it was going to be yeah, yeah. what it was. Right. That's why they gave them the money for NXT. Yep. And now you're telling me, now nah, we cutting it, we shifting the way. Nah, dude, I paid for that show because the I saw it what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the dilemma the they, they got in with the network. That's why they had to switch it over to Peacock because when they boasted the network, it was almost like, hey, it was a reason to have a network. Then you try to fold it into Peacock and like half the things ain't coming with it. Right. So now NBC is like, bro, where's the content we paying for? Yep. Now yeah, they find themselves mean... in this weird dilemma with NBC and Fox because Fox is saying, hey, we pay you a little more than them, so we want on the, all the talent our side. Right. We get the pick. And now get... NBC is saying the same thing. Right. And it's so it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Because you you look at you look at the lineups right, and it's just like it's funny now because you you look at um you look at the end of SummerSlam, which you're gonna get to in a second. But like SmackDown is stacked, especially like, in the male main event scene. SmackDown is over rimming with big names. For a two-hour show. For a two-hour show, but I mean <clears throat> it's it's because it's because like you say, Fox paying them a little bit more. But I mean, yeah. we saw it even going back to I think it was it was Hell in a Cell and there was I, I think it was SmackDown that had the Hell in a Cell match, and then um, 
the people at NBC was like, how the hell y'all doing it? Like, we want a thing. And then all of a sudden, they had a random Hell in a Cell match on Raw the, the next Monday. And so yeah. it's like, you have all <laughs> of these little, this nitpicking, these things that are happening. And it's like, oh boy, we have some trouble. And that's why I say it. And that's what I'm saying. I don't understand in WWE's mind who what they, they think they're actually selling this product to. Because the fans aren't buying, the networks aren't happy. So where does this all end? Case in point question. with the Fox versus NBC thing. Like I said, look at the talent on, on, on SmackDown right now. This is the mid-card. Seth Rollins versus Edge. Mm-hmm. That's the mid-card. Because mm-hmm. you have Brock, you have Cena, you have Roman, and whoever fights Roman right now could be elevated. Mm-hmm. Cesaro is still on the show. We ain't mm-hmm. see that dude in month. Big E. Big E is calling the contract. 24 last night, and they showed Cesaro's match so much at West WrestleMania, and I was like, where the hell has Cesaro been since then? Where, where's Shinsuke been the last Maybe few weeks? My thing is, Just Sh- in Sh- Shinsuke literally came out to buy time for the, the nonsense that was the Bianca, um, Becky, Sasha, Carmelo, no, garbage. And that's the Intercontinental Champion. Yep. You still have... That you literally uh, trotted out What, what are we calling time. him not right now? Apollo Crews. We still have him. Oh, like, Jesus. That's, that's the mid-card to undercard on SmackDown, a two-hour show. Yeah, and you have you saw, you have the Mysterios in the tag division. Yeah. You have the I didn't Rizzos. even get to the tag division. I'm just trying you to explain to you guys where the mid no, card is. No, no, no. When you look top and like think about it, they have Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens has been allowed to take week after week off and just pop up to do random scenes. Sami Zayn is on SmackDown, eh? Bro, no, but think about it. Y'all realize now that. Three of the four horsewomen are on SmackDown. Yeah, for no reason. Yep. Well, no, 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 no. no reason. The reason why Becky's on SmackDown is because her husband is there. That let's be clear. The reason. Well, what I mean to say in terms of a storyline, no, for, for no, no reason. reason. For no reason. You're right. Yeah. You're 100 right. But it, it's 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 interesting because I mean, you you look at that, and I think there's so much to to get to in terms of looking at the last two matches. I'm gonna so I'm I'm gonna borrow a, a line from Jay Z, and we give. Um, Lashley and Goldberg half a bar, um, <laughs> and I'm gonna say oh, I don't, I don't know. I hope it's the same half a bar <laughs> that JB gave in that song. Um, more or less, that was a waste of time. That was a waste of Lashley's time and talent. I don't know what the point of that okay. was. I don't know if Goldberg got oh, injured. It's all about Saudi Arabia. That that's that's all that was about. Vomit. I, I, I can feel the vomit building in the back of my throat. It's garbage. It's trash. It's just wait. Right. Hold and on. I love Lashley. Hold on. Hold on, Hold on. guys. Y'all didn't know SummerSlam was the setup for the Saudi show. I realized. Why only Brock came back last night? First of all, I realized it last night when they ran. I realized it when they ran the ad. First of all, I didn't know they were going back to Saudi this year. I don't know how they're doing that in the midst of COVID and everything that's happening in the world. Like, I, I if I was a wrestler, I wouldn't want to go to Saudi, bro. Literally, I feel like we on the verge of world war and these niggas about to go do a wrestling show in Saudi Arabia. Vince, we was on the brink of world war for the last three years. He's still making money. He's going back. So, I mean. Vince is the worst, baby. I, I need so, y'all to understand. That's why I keep saying. Okay, so, so Ricardo, I, I, Ricardo, I can let you drop the half bar on um on the the Lashley Goldberg match. Go ahead. 
No, just uh, straight up fuck them niggas. It made no sense. All right, cool. It made no sense. Cool. So it made no sense. So like I even mod. I think on one of the, the YouTube channels I was watching, they just refer to Goldberg's son as Sunberg. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm sitting there like, I'm so with the whole. Not to be about <laughs> I was like, the whole purpose of this match was to what? Yeah. Get this guy the dominant treatment. So yes. okay, he could be a superstar in three years. Yes. The nigga's fifteen. That's, that's all it was. He's fifteen. I hate WWE from Three years, eighteen. That's a good time. But he's fifteen. What are you doing now with him? Nothing. That's a good time. And you know how bad it is. Like, I'm like, they, they, the treatment, the treatment of African Americans on SummerSlam last night was absolutely atrocious. So, bro, I, I watched that match, and I said to myself, so all this hype for Goldberg need to get injured. Let's. Why y'all couldn't do this on? Bro, y'all could have do this on Monday night. Mm -hmm. Goldberg does not need to see a wrestling ring ever again. First of all, what did they they call the spear? What what did they call the spear? A thingam hug? A falling hug? Like... The, and it was so funny they showed in the in the in the promo i i'm sorry we given this much time to this but in the promo for this match they showed they sped up they ridiculously sped up his spare on mvp when mvp was interacting with gage um outside the ring and it was just like y'all literally had to speed it up like 48 times the speed that it was because that nigga literally looked like he was walking like he literally looked like like he was doing a trust fall forward instead of backwards like it was garbage like goldberg should not be anywhere near a wrestling ring because my I, I, again, I I just love when Paige watches wrestling because the commentary is hilarious. So she was like, "But this dude don't look like he belongs. Like he looks like he belongs in the ring physically, but when he moves, he looks like an old man." He was like, "Why they have?" She was like, "Why they have this big black man beating up this old white man in this ring for like no good reason?" And then and then so so going back to my comment though was like like think about think about it. So they had Bianca get squashed, and then they had um. Lashley beat up an old man and then put the hurt lock on his 15 year old son. Son, that's what we did with black wrestlers last night. Think about that. This is such good shit. And they've been. I think you forget Nick Xavier Woods was paid to just spray water. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, and, and to impersonate um um Razor um, Ramon. Um, Razor Ramon, yes, yeah, that's all. That anyway, is. we've given far too much time. Like I, t- I we gave that so much time that I probably added out like ninety percent of that conversation about um Whoa. Goldberg and Lashley. Like honestly, Boy, I caught any Goldberg <sighs> match. It is so annoying because Boy. I think that. I think that the Cena Roman match was actually pretty good. I like the way they told that story. I think that, um, you know, it's it's so different than, and I think it's an interesting um, juxtaposition to their last match when it seemed like they presented them as more evenly matched. Like last night, they really had seen like you know what it reminded me of. It reminded me of when Cena debuted and he was fighting Angle, and it was like he was the young rookie just trying to like you know prove a point. And it's like, it's almost like at this point, even though they presented Roman as needing to beat Cena, he's already done that. He did that like two or three years ago. Um, he already had that big, you know, I have to beat Cena to get over type of thing. Um, this was, this was, um, this was epilogue. Like this was just like whatever. Um, but the way they told the story in the match, I think was, was appropriate. You had this guy who's been, you know, the benchmark, the, um, the the totem pole in wrestling for so long, and Roman toyed with him, and you know he did the thing. We got annoyed when Cena was trying to roll him up, and he he kept getting closer and closer and closer. But ultimately, Roman beat Cena clean as it should have been, you know. And 
it it just further cemented his status in this run as being the best presented wrestler of this current time. So I, I look at it and I'm like, you know, this is pretty darn good. The match was good. Um, I, I love Roman talking trash the entire time. It's like, you know, you old guy, you beneath me. Like, you used to be on top. But, like, what are you here for? Like, he made a comment at some point during the match, and he was like, I I, I should be in Denver at, at, at this point. And I think Denver must be where they haven't smacked down or Raw or something this week. And basically, Roman was just like, like, you wasting my time. Um, so I think everything, I mean, from my perspective, everything about the way that match played out, the way um, it was booked, I think was really well done. I think it was appropriate for where both of those guys are. I think it would have been poor to give Cena some bit. And, and granted, Cena got in, but you could tell that it's like he, he kept having to get more and more desperate. It's like he kicked out of the AA. So you tried the the um the SDF and then you know you couldn't get that to do it. So you you did the um the 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 super A off the top rope. And it's like he kept trying to dig further and further and further into ars into the arsenal um to try and put Roman away, but ultimately Roman bested him and outlasted him because he's younger he's better at this point in his career he's strong he's fast etc 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 so to me it's like it, it was the right way to tell that story i don't think there was any way for them to um i disagree Ooh. the story shouldn't have been oh. told wow wow the story shouldn't have been told the only reason you need cena back right now is to break the record why waste four weeks of my life if cena isn't going to do anything at some because he's not going to break the record against roman not in this run so it was a waste but of Cena. I give point. you that. I give you that. It's a waste of Cena. You in that know regard. he's not going to break the record against Roman. Mm -hmm. Let him fight Bobby. Yeah, like, but then you, you can't do that to Bobby either, doing. though. You can't do that to Bobby. What do you either, mean? Though. What do you mean you can't let him fight Bobby? You can't. It would make you, more. No, you can let him fight Bobby, but I'm and I understand that it would make more sense for him to beat Bobby. But when you when you trash in Bianco, when you have Xavier Rose, um, Woods coming out, oh no! From that standpoint, you're right. You you can't. From that standpoint, you you're right. Do that, and oh. I think I think Bobby deserves better. And I'm I'm a little annoyed Which is by true. the the end of Which that because true. I think they should give Brock to Bobby. I don't understand. Anyway, we've seen Brock. They're trying to avoid that. Yeah. They're trying to avoid that and tell Mania. But what I'm saying is this. We know the only reason we want to see Cena is for him to break the record. If you're not going to allow him to get any closer to that record against Roman Reigns, wait. don't put them in a match together. Just wait. Like you said just now. Say, say you know what it was? It was a numbers thing, you know, Ricardo. Like, if you think about it, if you boil it down and you distill it down to what the point of that was, it was eyeballs and numbers. So you have Cena being Cena, who he is in wrestling, but you also have Cena coming off of two very well-regarded, for the most part, popular movies that came out this year. So it's like you bring in a lot of casual eyeballs to SummerSlam by having Cena back. Alexis, you're right. But all I'm saying is there's other ways to do it. We have The Rock coming off of a big movie one year. Just host WrestleMania. He brought a flamethrower. But and Cena. For some strange reason. But Cena won't wrestle. <laughs> Because he still he but, still has that in his blood in that way. What I think Rock is like so this, over wrestling. You gave us to do what? John Cena looked like a fool the past two weeks with this one, two, three thing, mm -hmm. and it never came down to it. Right. At no point in that match did I feel like, wow, John Cena has a chance. You're right. So now when he comes I, back I, in think... two years and you're gonna give him the run, I should believe it then. Well, because no. it's, it's probably gonna be against a lesser a lesser opponent. That's the only way Bro. you can do that. You can't have him beat Bro. one of these young, young, you know. Like, okay. So tell it. me who's going to be the lesser opponent in two years. I don't know. They'll put the belt on somebody random like Dolph or... or, or Come on. Or, You're not going to let John Cena or... against somebody like Dolph. <laughs> what I'm saying is... They, 
so the problem is my auto I would want Randy. See, and that's the thing. I think somebody like Randy or somebody like Edge, I think it would have to be somebody who is a long-time opponent who's also long in the tooth yeah. where there would be a sentimental callback thing. So like how they had with the Edge-Seth feud, which I'm sad we didn't touch on a bit So more. don't bring it up in this narrative then. Don't I, bring the whole chasing No, but you have to bring it up because he's on the cusp of breaking the because, record. So yeah, every time he's fighting yeah, for the belt, any, you have, any you have to. Without, yeah, anytime bro, bro, all I'm saying is... When we did the whole Ric Flair go around, it meant something. So you teasing it against Roman just to get the bullet bite. Now we bit the bullet, and then what we get? Nothing. Seen again beat clean at SummerSlam, and then Brock Lesnar's the big... And literally, my literally just paving the way for Brock Lesnar. Now, let, let, let's talk With a about... ponytail. Let's not overlook that. He came in with so... a ponytail. That's how much Cena didn't matter. So... Like, I even could cut my hair to so... take the spotlight. Here's the thing. <laughs> Let's let's talk about the Brock return because I have such issues with and, and WWE is just so it's just so Vince's company, right? So I'm not I'm not overly upset about the Brock Lesnar return. I'm more upset by who he returned to put himself in the ring with than the fact that he's returned. But I also, I'm uh, very annoyed by the fans, like, giving him that level of a pop for, 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 for showing up. And it's just, it shows, the, the problem is we, the, the fan base in crowds like that will always prove Vince right. Because it's casual fans, it's people who are just there for the show, and it's, like, not necessarily hardcore fans. So it's like, you get this big thunderous ovation because Brock Lesnar shows up. I think it's funny that he showed up in the full Viking look that he's been rocking, that you've seen photos of online the last yeah, few weeks. Yeah. I thought, like, when the music had, I was like, all right, so dude's going to be, like, you know, Brock. Like, the shit. No, this dude came out with the, the ponytail, the full, I don't know what color his beard is. I don't know why. He has eyebrows, but you can't really see them because they're the same color as his skin. Um, I, I just don't understand the look or the presentation. I wasn't necessarily mad at it, but it's just like, why we can't just get Bobby versus Brock? Bobby been crying for this from the minute he came back. And I understand that maybe we get funny that. funny to me, Alexis, is you thought the fans popped because they was happy to see Brock Lesnar. No. They just popped because it was a bright spark to a very low night. You know why they popped? You no. And I will tell you I will tell you why I think they popped, right? Where where was SummerSlam? In Vegas. There you go. He's a prize fighter. And he's a prize fighter. And he was in UFC. And so that audience, that general crowd knows him very well. Knows him very but this well. is what I'm saying. So you Vince giving played, that credit Vince to played Vince. that perfectly. No, this is what I'm saying. You giving that credit to Vince. What I'm trying to say is. But it's because people were just so I walked out there, everything. Yeah. Alexis, if you and I walked out there, we would have gotten a pop after that John Cena, Roman Reigns match. <laughs> This is I what I'm trying to say. I think and you and I would have gotten a pop. Just to get something <laughs> else. Those fans pop. So Brock didn't even have to hit a move. But of course, we see it after the fact. That they again just let him beat up John Cena. That should be on a shirt. I just mean, because. It was on a shirt. Um, AJ had the shirt. I know. it was. Beat it, up AJ John is Cena. one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus Christ, AJ Styles still in a tie here. 
What is wrong with WWE? I thought about that the other day. I, I mean, I'm, 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 so much. I'm glad. I'm glad RK Bro have the titles, but my God, we wasting AJ. AJ probably soon on his way out too. Even though I think he signed a new Wait, contract he's so recently. mad he signed an extension. Like I just look at his face every month. He up. He's so mad he's still left. And my thing is, there's so much he's more. Look at what Kenny Omega doing. He was like, this, he pulling his dog. That should have been me. Yep. 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 Oh boy, you said it earlier. This company is so Vince McMahon. Like mm-hmm. that should be a meme. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh boy. Anyway. I mean, next, next up. I just feel like we's come to this, and we's always come to the same conclusion, which is just like you know, it, it's it's so weird because you get like you know you have some high moments, right? Like the Usos in the tag team division is always gonna be a good look, right? Um. Seth Rollins versus Edge was uh, an amazing match, a well-told story. I'm actually a little bit surprised they gave Edge the win, but I think, like I said in the group last night, it's just because the other two, quote-unquote, old-timers was getting beat, which proved to be true. Goldberg lost and Cena lost. Um, Come on, I came out to do it. But, yeah, yeah, they do it. Also, he's the only one on the contract to return this week. Edge? Well, that was the other thing. Goldberg ain't coming back until the week before. They go to Saudi, yep. so, bro, oh my god! And like, obviously, obviously, we shifting into into Brock versus Roman for however long. I I still don't think that feud. Like we've seen that, we've done that. I understand you have this quote unquote interesting wrinkle of where Paul Heyman sits in the middle, and perhaps this may be your opportunity to turn Roman face. I, I don't know. I don't know that it matters. I don't know that I care. I this was not a feud that I wanted to see. Even even with this current iteration of Roman Reigns, because the thing that annoyed me, and I understand that he's a heel, and so you play certain narratives, but the 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 fact that he had a look of fear, like, dude, you've beaten Brock Lesnar. Like, the last time y'all fought, you won. Why would you be afraid? And that was when you wasn't this version of Roman Reigns, so why would you show fear? Like, that's that's poor sport. That, 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 that doesn't make sense. Like, you literally are completely forgetting the last time y'all fought. That makes no sense. You pinned Goldberg. I mean, you pinned Brock Lesnar in the ring clean one, two, three. Like, what, what are we doing? It, it makes that's no sense. Man, tell them how to react. It just, oh, boy. But when the next AEW pay-per-view, because that's what I hear for. I hear CMP fighting Darby Allen. I would um, see that. Hey, listen, I'm about to uh, be paying so much attention to AEW, you know? <laughs> I'm going to have to tell you. It's just, it's... I guess, it, we, you know, it's kind of like we, we, we circle back to kind of where we started and it's just it goes to show how AEW just seems to have more of the pulse of the type of wrestling that fans like us are into. And I say that fully knowing that I've not really I mean, to be fair, I've not really watched much of any wrestling. Most of what I've done is catch up on like cage side seats on a on a Tuesday morning or on a Friday night or a Saturday morning to kind of see what happened on the shows. And then I watch the pay-per-views primarily just because my life is incredibly busy and I wrestling just doesn't fit into that very much very often. So I catch up where I can and I try to catch the pay-per-views because that's the most that I can really do. Um, but it's just so interesting to see the difference between what AEW thought a big return, a big moment should look like, what it should be done like, and then to immediately the night after see WWE essentially screw up a big return um, after it being like, it was it was like, it was big, it was big, it was big. And then I was like, oh my God, this is trash. Why would you do that to Bianco? And then 
Brock was unnecessary because I mean my thing was once you did Becky, you didn't need to do Brock, in my opinion. You you had your big moment, you had your big return. You could have saved Brock for SmackDown, you know, in, in my eyes. I understand it's SummerSlam, Brock I understand it's Vegas. Business, that's really all it was. I mean, all Brock was to give us the transition from the summer scene to the fall of Brock. Like that's all we do. That's all it was for. So he literally beat up John Cena to move the momentum from yeah, that happened. It didn't work. We on to the next one. But like he basically, yeah, he basically was left to like clean up the trash, and that's literally what they treated Cena as. Cena, John Cena. For those who don't know, after the match, she had they had Cena go to Suplex City. No, that's what I mean. No, that that was essentially Brock cleaning up the trash and throwing it out. It's like, like, like Ricardo said, it was like, it was the palate cleanser. So it's like, let me be clear with y'all. John Cena's gone. And we knew that because they announced all of his dates. It was clear he wasn't going to be here after, after SummerSlam. So unless there was some swerve where he had more dates and they wasn't telling us, we kind of knew that, you know, he wasn't leaving. And I, I, I laugh at, at some of the, the promo work that they did in the lead up. He's like, oh, you know, I may go and jump the barricade and blow a kiss and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nigga, you're not CM Punk. I understand that, you know, you all know that it's coming and you're all trying to like play on stuff and whatever. But like, don't do it. Do, do not do that. Do not even try that. You are not that. But then at the same time, they kind of treated him the same way they treat everybody at the end of the day, which is you're just a cog in the machine. No, bro. Like I tell you, Dwayne would never do that. Dwayne The Rock Johnson would never do that. Because Dwayne The Rock you're, Johnson. You're play rock like that. Because Dwayne The Rock Johnson legitimately could be president. So. <laughs> you, that, that is also true. That, that nigga is not taking any L's. The only L he's taking is the Roman. That's it. That nigga ain't taking no L's. None. Like, that gotta be enough because of blood. Jesus. The Rock would never. The Rock would never come in and let Brock toss him around the ring. Never, ever, ever. He'd been out of real wrestling way too long. Wrestling, <laughs> wrestling been out of his blood way too long. No, but like I, I said this earlier, he is not like Cena's just gotten into that, into that, you know, that, 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 um, that Hollywood scene. Cena now is like where The Rock was after he had done Scorpion King and one or two things, and it seemed like he was starting to hit, and he came back as Hollywood, like basically in that Hollywood version of The Rock, and he was here for, I think, maybe another year or so doing that run. But, like, that's where Cena is now. Rock, that was, Rock was there, like, 14 years ago, 16 years ago, something like that. Like, that was back in, like, 03, 04. Like, Rock is so far beyond wrestling in that regard. Even his run, when he had the two matches against Cena, it was like, this is all, again, epilogue. This is all over, you know? So, yeah, The, the Rock was never going to do that. He might take the L, but he ain't letting, he's not going to let Brock, Brock Lesnar toss him around the ring and, probably, you know, possibly break him in half when he has to go and shoot you know, the next Fast and Furious movie or whatever it is that he's shooting next. It's not going to happen. I just have for AEW comments from now on. Let me just say, officially on the board, I'm resigning my WWE card. I'm officially taking AEW now. So when we get Daniel Bryan and we walling out, the train could not be too full so nobody else can join. Oh, you, I'm the last official you in the bandwagon, eh? Just like that. You close the door behind me. You close the door on the bandwagon. This is about to be a fun Close the door right behind me. It's oh, funny because one of one of the dudes in our <laughs> one of the dudes in our wrestling WhatsApp group literally.
cancel his WWE subscription at the NSM Islam. And he showed us the screenshot of his comments. And I think he said the reason why he was canceling it was because it was poor storytelling or something along those lines. And but it's just like... I, I own <laughs> two months of subscription. <laughs> For free? Oh, man. For free? Oh, my God. You know what? It's you know I I hate that every time we pod every time we we find the time to come back together and talk about wrestling is just always so much to complain about I think you know and it sucks because it was it was a decent enough weekend like I said I couldn't bring myself to watch Takeover tonight um but it's just hopefully there are better days ahead I you know it's like the only thing that I might be excited for now um for the fall with WWE is potentially a Roman, not a Roman, uh, a big E run with the title because they love to do, you know, guys first time having the title in the fall run to see how they stock numbers to see. You know that man got to switch to Raw in order to get a big title. Yeah. can't get it from Roman. No, but we know he's doing that. He's, he's, whenever yeah, he they, that. whenever they finish whatever this, this fake Goldberg, Lashley feud, whenever that's done, big E's getting the title. And he probably will have a run until either the Rumble or WrestleMania, depending on how well he does. But I Biggie is gonna get that run on Raw definitely. Um, I think they probably want to get the New Day back all together on the same brand, unless they want to give the New Day another run against the Usos on SmackDown or something along those lines. But as fun and interesting as it might be to have like a six man with you know Biggie and the rest of the New Day, Kofi and, and Xavier against the Bloodline, I I don't think that's in our future. I think we we more likely to get Biggie on Raw taking that strap either off of Goldberg or off of Lashley. And honestly, I think what's going to happen is <sighs> Goldberg's going to win the title. Lashley's going to snap. And then Biggie's going to cash in. And then we're going to get Biggie and Lashley or whoever else they decide to have chasing the title on Raw. Maybe it'll be somebody like AJ. I so... don't know why you say that with a sigh in your voice because when you said it, all I heard the background was pretty Wyatt Slop. That's all I heard. <laughs> all, you... <laughs> all you heard was what? <laughs> Ray Wyatt's laugh. The laugh he does as the fiend. Uh huh. That's all I heard in the background because it makes perfect sense. It's That's something Ray WWE Wyatt. is going to do. Of course. <laughs> they, they, they're going to give Goldberg another yeah. another title notch in his belt because he has to get one during his run. Lashley is going to much. destroy him much like he did last night. And then, I don't know if this is, is, I don't know if this is actual fact. But if Goldberg wins another belt, in my mind, he's won more WWE championships than The Undertaker, than Stone Cold. I'm just saying, Goldberg would have more belts than both of those guys. That's not true. Somebody, please go and look it up. That's not true. How much belts Goldberg has had in the I, last three years? I know, I know that ain't true, but you're making me mad. No way. No way. How much belts has Goldberg had in the last three years? Uh-uh, uh-uh, hold on. Goldberg okay. titles WWE. Four. Well, no, that's between WWE and WCW. So he's been WWE World Heavyweight Champion and he's been Universal Champion. So he's had two in this run. So he'll have a third one soon. How much did Don to take out of his entire WWE career? Somebody's been loyal to the company. Take out four. Why is (laughs) How much Stone Cold out? Hold on, man. Let me let me search. Damn. As y'all could hear me furiously typing on the table. I just got to say that's Alexis on the Google. Huh? Because he, he does not. That's Alexis on the Google. 
because he doesn't believe the insanity known as WWE Who's under the control not? of Vince McMahon. Um, so I'll wait on this. Head come seven. So he had seven. he had four with the WWF slash WWE, and he had three of the World Heavyweight because I that was back when they were still using the WCW belt, but had it as the World well. When I say WWE, I'm referring to the actual belt. The, no, the WWE days. I I wasn't going back to the Attitude Era because he didn't even have long runs in the Attitude Era. But when we come back to like the no, new but WWE the, the World shit, Heavyweight Championship was post Attitude Era. That was post. That was that's post- what I'm saying. So I'm referring to those belts. The belts that we now consider at this day and age. Take only had that what three times when they went when they were on well, UPN. Okay. So the World Heavyweight Championship would have been formerly the WCW Championship, and correct that would have been. I don't really count they... that. Oh, so you don't count those? No, because it was WCW's belt that they just had for no reason. But that's essentially okay. All right, fair. I mean, that, that lineage is now lined in with the WWF, well, the WWE Championship lineage. lineage because Right, but at that time, it was the second belt. It didn't really matter. Oh, wow. That's a whole different conversation, Carlos. Okay, so so based on your, your counting, he had it four times. Yeah, the duck, when he had he the, had what seven, we call the, he had seven the old championship belt. titles. He had seven. Don't forget, if that belt mattered so much, we would have never need the universal belt. So he's a six-time WWF champion, Austin. He never held the w- the, the World Heavyweight Championship. He was all attitude. Obviously, he was all attitude era pre pre. And Goldberg been there with no knees, and then when you're on three, <laughs> y'all better stop playing with me. Y'all better stop. I think one of Ooh. Goldberg's runs was when his his first run though. In 03, 04, yeah. That man beat the fiend for no reason and win a belt. I can't never. But that's, and that's exactly why. But that's exactly why Bray is out now. That's oh one of the God. reasons because you're doing trash like that. It's funny. They when they showed the recap when they showed the the promo recap for um for the the Roman. Cena match they couldn't even show the full clip of him winning the title because the two niggas who was in the match that he won the title from are no longer in the company you realize they showed him going for the spear and all you saw was the body of someone you couldn't even make out who it was like I'm almost convinced that they swapped footage from a different match just to show him spearing somebody and then they showed the clip of him like standing up at the top of the ramp with, with Heyman and the belt they actually didn't show Strowman or Bray Wyatt when they showed that in the promo package before the match. I'm surprised. Vince doing Vince thing. L- literally a year ago, the two the two men who were in a, a real full championship match at SummerSlam last year are no longer in the company. Vince doing Vince things. So yeah. early in, early in the board, you said it's all about them preparing the company to be sold. That's why I can't believe it. Because at this point in time, you should try to make the company look as valuable as possible. And one part of value is not so much so the financial aspect of it, but how profitable it has the capability to be. But Vince, and right now, I just don't see a future where WWE could even be profitable. But Vince is an old man. But Vince, Vince is an old man. So Vince is looking at it from a completely old school point of view, which is you shared, you shared money. Think about it. Think about a lot of the sports teams when they prepare to um to sell. 
and think about like regular like he's treating it like every other potential type of corporate entity that exists you 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 shared um expenditure as much as you can so that you make you know you make the bottom line look better so you make the money that you are making look more because your your profit margin looks larger and it's like oh this is really profitable like y'all ain't spending too much money and y'all making a boatload so this is like a beautiful thing so that's how he's treating it like let's get rid of all of these i guess potentially what he would call onerous contracts so that it looks like you know we we ain't spending so much money on talent um, but we making all of these monies because all of this money because of the TV deals and everything else, and so that's why it's it's probably an incorrect view because when you take into consideration what it is that you're trying to sell, both to currently as into your fans and also what you're trying to sell to a potential buyer, you actually devaluing the company in one way while trying to make it look more valuable in the other way. And the thing is, at the end of the day, what is somebody who wants to buy WWE? What do they? really see as the value is it the dollar value or is it the potential that can be made because you have talent that people want to come and see you're telling stories that people want to come and watch you're, you're selling merch that people want to come and buy because they're so invested in the stories and the people that are in the matches and that's really not that they're not doing that as well because if you look at a lot of the booking of of last night everything kind of boils down to um like microwave right you want the big pop right now. You want you want the big moment right now, which is why you had Becky beat Bianca because you wanted the full big moment. You couldn't you couldn't let it breathe. Going back to the start of this conversation, you couldn't let it simmer. You couldn't let 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 the the emotions build and 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 the anticipation build. You just had to take that moment right there and take the full everything of it that you could right in the moment because you ain't sure that it could be, you know, what you want it to be if you wait five days, two weeks, a month. Same thing with Brock. Brock's appearance last night was completely unnecessary. That was literally that was the that was the equivalent of Vince strutting out, you know, saying like, "This is my show. Good night." Like that's essentially all that was. Um, and so when when you look at it, it's like this is the issue that we've long said with WWE for years now. They no longer know how to tell long stories. They no longer know how to to build the anticipation to a moment. They try to shotgun moments all the time, and it keeps blowing up. And they don't know how to build characters. They don't. And I think when we boil it all down, that's what it comes down to. The fact that we have, we've, we've, we've watched this company move from a dynamic where they were the trendsetters into a space where they don't even know how to follow the trend anymore. Nope. And I think it's a bit sad, but, hey, I mean, I, I bro, we, we live in a world now where we see these moments come and go. And I think for a lot of us, it's just the idea that we thought WWE would always last to be the most relevant wrestling company. Like, we expected others. I know, speaking from my standpoint, I expected others. But I always expected WWE under Vince McMahon to be the gold standard. And to watch that slowly transition over the last few years is weird. Because even when we had WCW, we still, to some people who were WWE fans, considered them the gold standard. Even the people like myself came up a WCW guy, you looked at WWE as were they really good over there? Like we got some we got some guys here, but over there, that's the gold standard. Mm -hmm. They had Undertaker, they had, you know, even Ric Flair for a moment of time, they had Macho, they had uh Sid Vicious, they had all of those guys over there first. And when we started to get some of those guys, it was almost like, oh yeah, now we could compete. So I always expected them to be the gold standard. Now to see that completely shift. It's just, it's just wild, boy. It's just wild to live through it. Yeah, it's just like, I think the thing that we, 
we oftentimes come back to in these current moments with wrestling and with WWE in particular is just like it just shows how much Vince is out of touch. And I don't know that there's another way to say it. And I know that's kind of like, you know, you, you don't want to be like, you know, he's old and whatever. But he's just he's out of touch. I don't think there's any other way you could put it. I think that I think he's still right, stuck yeah. in his mind in the territory days. Because that's how he's treating the company now. Like, he only have to tour a certain part of the States. And those guys are going to stay down in Florida, not realizing that now, nah, bro, wrestling is more global than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. You have people like Daniel Bryan. They want to work New Japan on Tuesday. And they want to hit down to a Mexico show on Friday and bounce back up and be in Chicago the following Monday. Like, that's what wrestling is now. But that's the so for him to be so. You know, you say that, but they were it, it, at one point earlier in the summer. They were pursuing some sort of arrangement with New Triple Japan. H was Triple H was, and I think we need to start making we need to start making a separation between what the company is and what, what Vince is and what Triple H trying to do. There's a clear separation because if you look at a lot of the reports coming out of NXT, guys were getting cut, and they had to tell Triple H like, "Oh, dude, just cut me." Right. And him and Sean was like, what do you mean? Right. Yeah, so we, I, we, I remember that, today. that story came out and they were talking about how um, some of the guys who got cut, Sean and, and Triple H didn't even know. Yeah. They found out when oh, the, wow. the cut wrestler called them to be like, oh, I they, they cut me. And they were like, yep. hold on, wait, what? That's why I was So that's what I'm saying. We have to start to make that separation and understand what this company is not. That's why I say, to me, it's a bit bittersweet because, like I said, I always expected them to be the gold standard. So now to see somebody move into the space where they could run um, literally a multi-level company, a wrestling company, better than Vince McMahon, that's mind-boggling to me because even when Ted Turner had it, he couldn't do it as good as Vince. There were so many other guys that tried it, couldn't do it as good as Vince. Even the guys over in New Japan couldn't do it as good as Vince. So now to see him become like that old dude in the room that can't read the room, mm-hmm. super, boy, it's super strange for me to go through something like that. So that's why earlier when I said I'm jumping on the bandwagon and closing the door, I say it like that because I was the last guy off the WWE train. That's a brand that I, I, I thought I would have seen all my life at the top tail. So to see somebody like Cody Rose and Tony Khan come together and create this masterpiece in such a short time, Bro, it's, it's powerful to see it play out. I mean, obviously for you, that is also an AEW. So, you know, you 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 get that sting fix. So, you know. Factual, factual, factual. For me, let Undertaker put the heart in the ring, he was losing me. For me, let Undertaker put the heart in the ring, he was losing me. I just waiting for Sting to scrap against Hulk Hogan for some sort of belt in there, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> People know I feel about CM Punk and everything he represents for me. So, if AEW ever needed the time to get my vote, the time is now. The time is very now, very why, much so now. Why, why are you hitting election rhetoric, man? I we ain't trying to analyze. Like, listen, hey, well, listen, I got, I got to let. Hey, listen, these if Vince won't play politics, AEW right now, then leave. I let them know. Hang lie. Yeah. Y'all, y'all think the people want to hear us um live stream election results? More than likely, yeah, more than likely. Yeah, 
They looking for commentary. We could provide it. I think we got some things in the gym, but we could provide it. They looking for commentary think, or they looking for comedy I, in the middle of the tragedy? I, I, think we, I think we could do that, Jay. Both, both. You know how behemoths go. We like a good mix. Mm. We like some seriousness. We like we some chat. comedy. We can have to have a chat with the 10 YS guys and see if, if we if we do in this live stream of, of election results. Because I think there's a there's a there's a ton of um a ton of talk to happen there and, and a lot of interesting takes I could imagine. Um yeah. so you know, it's it's been a, an interesting 40 to 72 hours of wrestling. I think, you know, we're, we're all excited to see what happens next with AEW and CM Punk. Everybody's going to be hyped for this Darby Allen match. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we suffer through... Oh, sorry. One thing. Um, I, I would just like to state that the fact that Money in the Bank is going to be taking place in a football stadium next year solidifies my long-held belief that Money in the Bank is a top four. Y'all want to say top five. Oh. But anyway, it's it's a major WWE pay per view officially. Officially, yeah. they're doing that mm-hmm. in Allegiant Stadium next July on July Fourth weekend. It's officially recognized as a Big Four, Big Five pay per view, and I just I would like to say thank you to Vince for finally listening to me and understanding my heart on this matter and and recognizing Money in the Bank for what it is. <laughs> thank you very much. You can send the paycheck <laughs> in the mail. Um, I feel like you had that speech ready for like some time now. First of all, I wrote a whole article about that like two or three years ago. But <laughs> you know, as always, you know, there's there's gonna be something that 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 Vince does try to pull. It may be the Big E run. It may be something else that they try to to, to counter um, this. But I feel like until we get long term proper storytelling, we have the struggle with with WWE and. If it does end up being that they sell it and and we never get to see what it looks like under Triple H's mentorship and control, then we're all the worse off for it. Because I think Triple H has the the mind for it in its current state, and we're we're missing the opportunity of seeing what what the the the, the whole of WWE the WWE could be under his leadership and his guidance. And I saw it. All that being said, this has been. A hundred minutes of wrestling talk. Um, <laughs> we gone almost as long as SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, so as always, um, we invite everybody to, you know, like, subscribe, share, listen, give a thumbs up, you know, tell, tell your buddies. Um, and as always, we, we try to pretend like we could be more consistent with this. And hopefully we can this time around, even though it's probably going to be a lot more AEW talk than WWE for the next little bit. Um, but I okay with that. I okay with that. <laughs> this has been uh, another episode of Off the Turnbuckle. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Deuces. Ladies and gentlemen, what a special night.